What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Fuel Your Champion podcast. I am your host, Sarah Serbo, and today we have another guest on. We have my friend, Wendy Levre. Is that that's how you say it? Levra. <laughs> Levra, damn it. <laughs> I always call you Wendy. Um, I'm very excited to have Wendy on, so I'm going to have you introduce yourself, Wendy, and just kind of talk about yourself, but um, Wendy and I met through... Uh, Danny reared in her conscious champion course um, I've had Danny on the podcast before um, and it's funny because like I think Danny did two rounds of it so she did like an, a round I think you were in the first round mm-hmm. so I never actually communicated with you but like I knew of you because she'd like mention you and I think you'd like hop on some of the calls or whatever and then we both went to North Americans so I was like yo Wendy like are you gonna be yeah. and I think I just like saw you like from a distance and like I'm not even sure if we like said hi but like now we're we talk on it on instagram all the time so yeah it's pretty cool how how that kind of works out now you're on the podcast yeah the universe works in mysterious ways right (laughs) yes yes well welcome i'm very excited to have you on um i would love for you to introduce yourself and uh tell everyone who you are uh wendy lebra um i'm a personal trainer a mom a grandma and um yeah that's that's what I do that's that's me (laughs) yes um so Wendy how how old are you 44 yeah dude you're crushing it (laughs) you are crushing it um I will I'll link like your like Instagram or something if you want but you look fucking awesome like thank you so good um (laughs) I was really hoping you'd go pro last year, but you, you look fantastic. So me too, but you know, that it okay. is what it is. And every it all works out. Yeah. It all works <laughs> out. Um, so okay, so you are a competitive bodybuilder in the NPC. Obviously, the goal is to go pro. Mm-hmm. Um but you started off in women's physique, right? Yeah. Yeah. Back so, in 2016. So yeah. Okay. So how did you get into bodybuilding? Like, how did it, how did that all start for you? Um, I, well, I was gaining weight. Like we moved from a little tiny town to a slightly bigger town. And we started eating out a lot because there was like nowhere to eat where we lived before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I was like, I went from, I don't know, like 135 pounds to 160 pounds in a matter of months. And I was like, Oh God. (laughs) And I kept going in and buying like bigger pants into this store. And this lady in there actually taught this, um, it was called body combat. And I was working out at home and running just, it was like all cardio. Right. (laughs) And I would never lose any weight. So I went into this store to buy bigger pants and she's like, instead of buying bigger pants, why don't you come to the gym on Wednesday? It's free and come to my class. So I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. So I went in and I loved her class. And if, of course it was all cardio too, but I loved the class. So I was like, I'm just going to keep going and I'm going to try all the classes. And so that's what I started doing. And then, um, she, wanted me to go teach that class. Well, I never did, but I started um, teaching other classes 
I went and got my certification in like body pump and um, grit. These were all Les Mills classes. And I started losing weight that way. And um, I had a free orientation with a trainer there too. And then I loved that. So I started um, going and lifting with her. And she was like, you have a great physique, actually, you should do, uh, you know, you know, you should compete. And I'd actually never even heard of it. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. So um, I was like, okay, so I kind of looked at it. And I was like, that actually looks really cool. I would love to look like that, you know. Um, So I went home and I told my husband at the time. And um, he kind of like laughed about it. And I don't think he meant anything by it. I really don't. I think he was just like, that's not like you, you know what I mean? Um, so that just pissed me off though. I was like, don't laugh at me, you know, don't yeah. ever like make me feel like I can't do something. Cause I will do it. Yes. So right then I was like, I'm doing this. So, <laughs> um, the owner of the gym at the time, she was a coach and stuff. So she started coaching me through it and I saw, you know, a complete turnaround within like a month of just eating right. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I did my first show in 2016. Um, it was just in Utah, a little tiny show. I mean, I didn't look, you know, like I should have, but to me, I mean, I felt yeah. like I was on top of the world. Yep. So, but, you know, it's expensive. So I didn't compete for a couple more years, but I mean, I just took the time and built and well, I thought I was building, but I was so afraid to gain weight Mm. that I would do cardio constantly, like between clients, I was doing cardio and it was awful, but yeah, it is what it is. (laughs) I think we've all been through something like that because I've definitely done that before, (laughs) like not eating enough food and doing like so much cardio. And then I'm like, why am I not seeing results? Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, man, if I would have known <laughs> how right? much bigger right. I would be right now. Right. Oh, well. oh my gosh. It's all right. We learned that way though. Yeah. So you took what, like two years off before doing your next show? Uh, three. Three years. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Was it mostly just financial? Was it like you were trying to build muscle? Like what? Uh, it was financial, honestly. I mean, I was trying to build, but I didn't yeah. build much at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was financial. Yep. And yeah, then, dude. Bodybuilding is expensive. It's freaking expensive. Yeah. <laughs> and I knew at the time I wanted to hire a certain coach because of, you know, the highlight reel on Instagram. Yep. You know, we always see that and think that's the best coach. So mm-hmm. that's what I was waiting for. Ah, uh, I see. Okay. It's very expensive. So. Yes. Okay. Actually, I want to talk about this. <laughs> Okay. Let's, let's talk about choosing the right coach and, and what we can specify it to bodybuilding or just in general, probably going to overlap, but how would you help? How would you choose the right coach? Like knowing what you've gone through, maybe working with multiple coaches, you know, how do you know someone's a good coach? Um, first of all, you don't want to go by what you see on Instagram with the whole highlight reels, because most coaches are going to post only like their favorite athletes or what they think is the best athletes. And usually they're, you know, pros, um, probably Olympia 
top Olympia people or something like that. Um, and that's just not realistic. Mm -hmm. Um, they're not going to post like the people who can't eat very much or have, you know, other issues, health issues. Um, they're not going to post the people that they have a hard time getting them to the spot they need to be. Um, you need to talk to somebody, you need to interview people, see who you connect with. Um, you need to choose somebody that will listen to you. Um, you need to maybe interview other people they've, uh, coached before and see what they think, not just people that are, that are with them right now, because of course they're going to be like, oh yeah, he or she is wonderful. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause they haven't always been with them. Yeah. They haven't left them for some reason. Um, if you can interview somebody that has been with them and can say, oh, this person was a great coach. Um, I just left for such and such reason, then that's okay. Um, yeah. you don't want to be with somebody that's going to push PEDs on you for no reason or be with somebody that's going to have you on a crap load of them as a woman because yep. you really don't need a whole lot um or if they're pushing diuretics um before a show you don't need all that yep um maybe a little bit but not you know a week prior to a show or two weeks yeah um it's insane it is insane and it will <laughs> screw up it will screw up your kidneys i'm telling you from experience yes um you need to find out even what their post show protocol is like will they will they help you reverse um from any type of uh gear you're on or the diet um and what it's like are they going to um, keep you on cardio for the next six months, you know, a, a high amount of cardio. Um, are they caring? I mean, I could go on and on, yeah, I'm sorry, but are they caring? Yeah. Do they care about your health? Are they going to require yeah. you to get blood work? That's yeah. really important too. So I'm like making notes because I think a lot of people don't understand this. So Everything you said, I do agree with. I think those are really, really good points. Um, so I'm a coach. Um, I've competed in bodybuilding. Um, I have never prepped someone right now, but I would like to in the future. But I'm very observant because I want to become the best coach I can be. And I want to be, I want to be a really well-rounded coach. So not just bodybuilders, but like powerlifters, like runners, like lifestyle, like everything. You know, and so I'm very observant because I want to, I want to follow the right people. I want to learn from the best. I want to observe from the best, you know, um, and I'm also like constantly learning. And so like, I don't, first of all, I don't think a lot of people do the research. We're talking specifically bodybuilding, I guess right now, but like, so I hired a local coach for the first few years of my bodybuilding career. I was natural great coach. I, I still look up to him. I think he's fantastic, but he didn't have a lot of knowledge in PEDs. And I knew I wanted to like switch over eventually, but do it in like a smart way. Right. And like a responsible way. So I started listening to tons of stuff on PEDs, like learning 
what was like reasonable, like what, how does it affect my body? How, what are possible side effects? Like what should a good coach be doing? You know, like I said, getting blood work done, you know, you shouldn't be on X amount of drugs for this long. Like you should hear certain supplements you'd be taking. So I did a lot of my own research before I hired anyone. Um, I hired Mark Tomnick from Tomnick Train. Mark's fantastic. Um, but I had been following him for a while because I had been, I was like watching what he'd say, like learning from him. And, and he talked a lot about like using it in responsible ways, you know, getting blood work. Like I could tell he knew what he was talking about. And I've also spoken to his athletes and I knew he was doing the right stuff. So like, that's how I decided on that coach. I also saw his results he was getting. I saw how he spoke. He seemed to really care about his athletes, you know, so, but it's very easy to look at a coach or look at their Instagram page and see their posts and their, the competitors they've worked with and think that, oh, well, they, all they do is post transformations and they're fantastic. So they must be a great coach. But then questions, my questions are like, well, how long was that client with them? Like, did that client just like hire them six weeks out and then they just finished it up? Did that client stay with them or was it just like one show they left? So I've seen a lot of, I've seen some great coach coaches that have lots of clients get really good results, but those clients don't stay with them for more than a show because of whatever reason, you know? Um, I've heard about really awful experiences with PEDs. Uh, cli- like I've heard about coaches like, not talking to their client the day of their show <laughs> what oh my, yeah that's I don't understand that that's insane so yeah I, I would say everything that you said I mean is there anything you want to like elaborate on um add to that a little bit maybe um just talk about this I will say that when I was when I was interviewing coaches there was one thing that really set me off was and this is a very um, well-known coach. I had emailed him and because that's the only way, you know, you can get a hold of him sometimes. And he was like, all he did was email me back with a, not like a personal email. It was like a big, I don't know, a big thing about how many pro cards he's won, how many Olympia athletes he had you know, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't really care. Yeah. I'd rather go with somebody that, um, had four athletes that had awesome results than somebody bragging about themselves, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I want somebody that cares about me. And when I switched to Nelson Jones, he is awesome. And he FaceTimed me. He's like, Hey, can I just call you when I get home? He FaceTimed me. And when I, uh, I switched to him eight weeks out of my, my show. And I was like, jiggly. I was not losing because I was on no carbs and no fat for two months doing an hour and a half of cardio and no rest. And he made me rest and eat for like a week straight. I mean, I was getting like a couple Good. workouts in, but he didn't, you know, he's like, your diet stresses me out. This makes no sense. Yeah. No sense. And I lost, I mean, I just like tightened up within two weeks. Yeah. I mean, he cared about my health. 
So Good. I'm just putting that out there. You know, okay. don't brag about yourself. <laughs> no, listen, this is a lesson I'm learning is it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It does not matter. All that matters is what you're doing right now. So if someone is constantly like reliving with their past, like I have this many Olympia qualifications and whatever, like that's great. Like that definitely tells us how you can get results, but I want to hear about what you're going to do for me right now. Exactly. How are you going to get me results? You know, how are, I'm in this spot. What are you going to do to help me? Because what's been, what's been done before isn't maybe working for me. So yes, you know, (laughs) your body constantly is changing. So Mm -hmm. like what you did in your first prep is probably may not work for your second prep or your third prep or your fifth prep, you know? Um, something I, when I first started bodybuilding before I like knew what I know now about like physiology and nutrition is like, I knew this, but bodybuilding coaching is not one of those things where like, if you understand training and a little bit of nutrition, you can prep someone like to be a really great bodybuilding coach. You need to understand physiology, the endocrine system, like the nervous, like you need to understand the human body because that all plays a, a huge role in your progress, um, your health. Like it, it's not something that you can just like, if, you, if you're looking at people that are just posting stuff like, okay, you take this one drug and people that are posting like absolutes or a lot of like bro science. Like I'm, I look for coaches that work with lifestyle clients mm-hmm. or functional health clients because I know that they understand what they're talking about. Yep. You know? So that was good. That was good. And definitely, yeah, anyone listening to this, like message, message the coach, talk to different coaches. Like, don't be afraid to talk to different coaches. Like, don't just like, if you're not interested in that coach at all, like maybe don't message them. But if you like have a few ideas of coaches, talk to them, ask them questions, talk to their current athletes, their past athletes, like look at their results, look what they're talking about. Like, are they sharing what they did at all? Like, are they, you know, like, just ask questions and do your research. Yep. It's the biggest thing. Um, that was really good. Um, I guess, okay. So bodybuilding is a awesome sport. It's, um, very unique. Um, let's say like what what is something that you wish you knew about bodybuilding before starting um first of all I wish I knew the expense of it um but I think the biggest thing I wish I knew about it was how like the toll it would take on my mental health Mm. Um, you create this physique that is almost unattainable to most people, right? Um, you get so lean that, I mean, you can see every muscle in your body and then you come out of a prep and it's extremely hard to look at yourself in the mirror when you put on the slightest bit of body fat. Um, and it's, 
it gets, it's actually gotten harder for me, I think, the last couple of preps to, um, it's just like, it's body dysmorphia. You put on any weight and, you know, if I see a little bit of skin hanging over my pants, I'm just mortified and I um, go into this like horrible depression. Um, I'm so hard on myself. Um, sometimes I think I just don't want to eat because I'm afraid to put on any more weight. Um, I dealt with eating disorders when I was younger. And so I tend to want to fall back on that. And it's really hard for me to not fall back on that because you know what I mean? I'm and I know a lot of it's hard for me to talk about it, but there's a lot of people will look at me and be like, what are you talking about? You're not fat. And this is so stupid, but they don't understand where my mind is at. Um, it's so depressing for me. And then I feel stupid because I'm like, why are you focusing so much on your body? Like, that's not what defines you. You know, I know that I'm a good person. I'm, I mean, logically, I know there's more to all of us than just what we look like. Right. But I focus so much, you know, on bodybuilding. So looking at myself in the mirror, that's just, I mean, honestly, today I wanted to put on a sweatshirt because I wear a sweatshirt when I go to the gym, when I'm training people, because I don't want them to see what I look like right now. All I think is people are going to say, oh my God, she let herself go, <laughs> you know, and I haven't been able to work out very much the last few months. And honestly, like the last couple of months I could have, but I've really been in a bad headspace. Um, and normally the gym would be my outlet, but for some reason this year, I've just been, it's not been, I think I'm just needed a break. Yep. a mental break from the gym and you know that's okay I mean I have been going at a hundred percent a thousand miles an hour the past couple of years honestly yep and I think I needed that mental break but now I'm kind of getting like okay I need to get back to it but you know part of that too is the way I look I'm like oh god I can't let myself go any longer <laughs> you know what I mean but it does cause a huge uh, body dysmorphia issue. So I don't mean to ramble on. No. I'm just, I want people to understand if you get into the sport, that it really does. It's a mind fuck. <laughs> it is such a mind fuck. <laughs> oh my gosh. I do want to talk a lot about, I want to talk about this because first of all, I do really appreciate you sharing that. And I actually was going to ask you about this because you made a post about it the other day about, you know, your history with eating disorders and, and body dysmorphia and it's a mental fuck. And um, I have personally struggled with this as well. It was, so I struggled with disordered eating. So I didn't have an eating disorder, but I definitely, um, I would, when I was like first starting out, so like 10 years ago, I basically didn't understand nutrition and energy balance and all that stuff. So I basically did, I would train every day. I would do tons of cardio and I would under eat and then I would binge. Um, so part of that was like physiological. I wasn't getting the right nutrients in, but also a lot of it was, uh, it was a coping mechanism I had developed. So like I felt stressed, 
I felt like I wanted to lose control. Let me just stuff my face. <laughs> it makes you feel good temporarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was also a little bit of self, it was self, self-sabotage. So it was a mental thing as well. And so I struggled with this for like probably like eight years on and off. Um, I started bodybuilding. Um, and when I started bodybuilding, when I hired, when I had coaches, like I would, was a hundred percent. So I was like, Oh, I fixed it, you know, but then post-show came and I was like, Oh no, no, this is not, <laughs> nope, Same not there. Made it worse. The binge um, eating comes in post-show, yeah. right? Oh, the binge yeah. post-show is hard in itself, but then if you have a history of disordered eating or eating disorders, it's very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and we could talk about post-show too, but, um, so I've struggled with this a long time. I had done uh, everything I could think of. Like I had hired, um, I hired Celeste. So she, I don't know why I can think of her last name, but uh, Celestial Fit is her Instagram Instagram name. And she basically has her psychology degree and she basically works with mostly competitors What's on their eating, this, their relationship with food. And she's fantastic. So she helped me a lot. I went to therapy. I journaled. I researched. Like I did. I, I was like, this is fucking like, how is it so hard to just control what I'm eating? I don't understand why it's so hard. Um, I've overcome it. I have a really great relationship with food. Now I couldn't give a fuck what I eat. I'm just like, give me something to eat and I'll eat it. Oh, really? Um, I yeah, need that. <laughs> it's taken me so long, dude. It's taken me a long time to do that. Um, but now like I've, because I've gone through it and I've done tons of like my own research on it. I'm help- like, I have a client now. She used to have an eating disorder uh, before she came to me. Um, she came to me with still like disordered eating, but like was much better. Um, and like, she has made such great progress. Like it's, she counts macros. She like, we've cut in her, she's do cardio like an hour and a half a day. Now we've gotten down to like 20 minutes, four times a week, like light intensities, like walking, like oh, so nice. much progress. She used to binge like three times a week, like 5,000 calories at least. Like it was, it was a lot. Wow. <laughs> um, but this is why I want to talk about this because I, and I've talked to a lot of my friends that are in bodybuilding and just friends that aren't even in bodybuilding that struggle with this. So, um, and I think especially coming from, well, two bodybuilders, but also like, I look up to you as a, a, an athlete, you are a national level uh, bodybuilder. You are, you have a great physique. Um, and you're a great human. And so I think Thank it's, you. yeah. And I think it's really good that we can talk about this. Um, because I know a lot of people can like value from hearing this. So you had a history of eating, eating disorders in the past. Can you talk a little bit more about that and what that was like? Yeah. Um, so I don't think people realize that eating disorders are actually, um, a con- more of a control issue. Um, people do it for different reasons, but it's always, almost always, um, comes back to control. We have to control something, you know? Um, and I don't mean to get into, um, too much, but like too deep, but, um, I had a kind of a traumatic childhood. Um, I was sexually abused, um, from the time I was eight to 16 years old. Um, and my mom was an alcoholic and, um, I felt like she didn't protect me, you know, and I'm not talking bad about my mom, but she, um, 
I learned later on in life that she financially really felt like she couldn't leave the situation. I'll just say that. Um, and um, it took me a long time to feel, to give her some grace for that, I should say, and to forgive, you know, those people in my life. Um, but it took a lot of therapy. So during that time, the only way I could control my life was eating. Uh, my mom always focused on her weight. And that was, I guess, kind of what I learned. And I never did feel good about myself. I had, you know, I was there was all these girls in high school that were like skinnier and I had like the more muscular legs, but back then it was like not in, you know, and I felt fat and I'm sure it stemmed more from how I grew up, but, um, I just never felt good enough. And, um, so, uh, you know, that's how I dealt with it. I wouldn't eat all day. Um, if I did, I would get rid of it some way, whether it was laxatives or growing up or, and I mean, when I did eat, it was usually a meal of like, I mean, sometimes I would eat a lot and get rid of it. And then other times I would starve myself, um, pretty much and eat like a granola bar or something that day. And if I ate, I felt guilty. Um, I didn't get like emaciated or anything, but I got really sick and, um, I passed out one day and my husband took me to the ER and they're like, you're going to have a heart attack. Um, you know, and so that's when my husband put me in therapy. He's like, you cannot continue this. And, um, we started kind of going to the gym and everything. And, um, I don't know if that really helped, but I felt like it kind of did, I guess, mm -hmm. but you know, it was still kind of a thing for me. Um, I would go back to it and he was trying to help me eat healthier. I don't know to, <laughs> you know, I guess make me feel better, but the therapy yeah. is, doing what he, really he do, he was doing his best. Yes. He was doing his best. And I was going through therapy and that's, I found somebody that really helped me realize that that's what it was, was a control issue. Um, and I still find like bodybuilding to me, I think is partly control too, because I can control everything I eat. Yes. And it really did. Like I got I was able to uh, follow a diet and I got the physique I wanted that way. And then, but then uh, being so strict for so long, then when I do get a chance to eat something, I will binge eat it. So we go from one eating disorder to another. Yeah. So, I, you know, I've never really had a good relationship with food. Yeah. Ever. So, 
Thank you for sharing that. And I think there were a couple of things that you said that I want to point out. So one, you said that most eating disorders or maybe all of them stem down to some sort of control, wanting control. Yeah. Um, I don't know enough about them to say that it's for everyone, but I, from my experience, I've noticed that pattern. Um, and I think a lot of people don't understand eating disorders in general. I think they're just like, dude, just eat more food or don't eat that. It's like, yeah, control yourself. I'm like, fuck off. Like you don't understand. It's like, not that easy. It's not. It, it's, it's all psychological. Like mm, most of it's psychological. I wouldn't say all of it. Um, when it comes to binging, like that is definitely psychological, but it's also, it's so deep. It's like, it can become a pattern. Your, your brain is designed to create patterns like hardwire patterns and so if you're used to doing a certain way coping with something that's what it's gonna do yeah um it's also a physiological <laughs> thing where if you're like depriving yourself of nutrients it's gonna your body's like hey we need food you know um and yeah you said the control thing and there's something else that you said that I wanted to point out I can't remember what it was um but but I'm I'm glad that you mentioned therapy as well because like I said, it, it really does come down to, to your mindset. Like for me, what I've realized, I honestly, therapy didn't really help me with this. It was really like myself. Um, but talking to Celeste definitely helped with this. But, um, one thing I realized with my disordered eating was it was self-sabotage. And, um, when I would feel very stressed or overwhelmed, like not enough control over things um or like a trigger would come up where I didn't feel like good enough or I felt like I messed up I wasn't being perfect like I wanted to just like numb it and I would just yes. like, stuff myself stuff my face you know um and I would eat to the point where I was like I am so fucking uncomfortable right now my my stomach hurts so bad and I would still eat because I, I would feel worse thing. I feel worse <laughs> yeah. I felt more guilty and I'm like fuck um, and then you wake up the next day and you feel like shit, you feel mentally like shit, physically like shit. And you're like, all right, I'm going to start over today. I'm going to be perfect. I'm going to, you know, back on my plan. And then it, it just, it's a whole cycle of just like, you wake up, you feel guilty. You feel restricted during the day. You want to lose that control. You know, you feel like you can't do anything. And then you just want to like quit and then binge. Yes. You know, and then it's a whole cycle. Um, and, uh, the anorexic part where like starving yourself or overdoing cart like cardio or that's um I didn't do that as much personally um I did do like extra cardio but like nothing too extreme um but it, it is it is mindset focused and anyone listening to this podcast who can relate to anything like this Sorry. It's okay. I have no, a crazy cat. Oh, you're good. I didn't even notice the cat. It's not like a. Oh, oh yeah. She just keeps bumping everything. I'm like, okay, meth head. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but yeah, anyone listening to this podcast know that it, it does come down to your psychology. Um, I was going to say, like, how can you. All right. If you, if someone's in this podcast and they're like struggling with this right now, what, 
advice would you give them? Um, that's hard because everything, I mean, something different is going to work for everybody. You know what I mean? Um, I would say, first of all, get help from somebody. Um, what worked for me might not work for them, but I did see a therapist, but it took me like five or six different therapists to find the right one. Um, and I needed somebody that was really actually hard on me. Um, very to the point, not fuck around. Um, she was like, you know, you're going to kill yourself. You, you know, she wasn't one of those and how did that make you feel? <laughs> I don't like yeah. that at all. I don't either. Uh, I'm um, like, I'm going to smack you in the face. <laughs> yes. It made me feel like shit. How do you think it made me feel? You yes. know, don't ask me that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't want somebody that's going to coddle me. I, I don't. Um, so that's what I needed. Um, and I went to her for a couple of years. Um, I did have to journal a lot. Um, and actually, um, one thing that she made me realize is that, and this is something that she kept reiterating to me, was that you can be a victim or you can be a survivor. And if you're giving somebody else power over you, uh, you're never going to overcome anything in your life. You know, why punish yourself, which I felt like I was doing, um, why punish yourself for the rest of your life? Because you're giving them power. So I just one day decided that because I really was playing the victim, like, oh, I don't want to get out of bed, you know, and I can't do this because, you know, this happened to me in my life. And I was just very negative for a long time. Um, and one day I just was like, why am I doing this? And I actually forgave, um, everybody for those things I just decided I'm not going to give them power and all of a sudden just by doing that things started to change in my life I started getting out of bed every day I started you know I mean not that I slept all day but I really was lazy I was not doing anything with my life mm -hmm. um and I started getting up and doing things and all of a sudden things started changing for me. I started, you know, being more successful in my life and I was happier and more positive. And ever since then, I've actually been a very positive person. Uh, my relationship with my mother changed and I started to understand a lot of things of why she did things the way she did. And uh, we got very close before she died. And I mean, it just, you know, um, you just have to not be a victim all your life because mm. it's going to give everybody else power and you're not going to get anywhere. <laughs> I love that. Um, I think sometimes we don't even realize we're doing that. Yeah. I, like that's what I've noticed is sometimes 
you're not even, especially if you're used to living like that, like thinking that way, you're not even aware that you're, you're doing it to yourself. Nope. And, and I think that's the power of, I mean, therapy, but really journaling. Like that's something I've been really, I've been doing almost every day and it helps so much because especially for me, my brain goes like (laughs) a bajillion miles a minute. And when I'm forced to slow down and put my thoughts into words or on paper, I'm able to like understand or process like what I'm thinking. And I'm like, man, that's what I was thinking. Like that's, that's pretty shitty. (laughs) Or like, I'm going to change that, you know? Mm -hmm. And focus more on like what we're grateful for. I mean, everybody's got something to be grateful for, you know, because if you're focusing on all the negative things in your life, of course, it's just going to be, that's what you're bringing into your life is nothing but negative, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've been going through a lot of depression the past few months with things going on, but I still try to, you know, I'm still going to get up every day. I mean, I've you know, I'm still going to focus on what I'm grateful for because I'll pop out of it. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm not like sad all day long. I just have my moments. You know what I mean? Yeah. Listen, I was talking to someone yesterday and, um, so like the whole control thing is like, I like to know what is happening. I like to know what the plan is. Like, what do we do? What's the next step? Like, tell me what's going on. And when I don't have that, it's like, I don't like it. And that's how uh, I am. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm very type A. And so I'm learning to let go of that control and just trust it. Like literally trusting God. Like I'm in this pro I'm in this phase of my life where like I'm I'm totally switching directions. Like last year I was like, I'm doing bodybuilding. I'm gonna go pro. I was in Denver. That's like one of the biggest bodybuilding places you could be. Like yeah. one of them. You know, I was you know, I just had a certain vision with my coaching, which is primarily going to be like weak bodybuilding. And now I'm just completely changing directions. I'm not doing competitive bodybuilding anymore. It's like this whole like ego death, basically. Yes. And, uh, I'm what my next chapter is. It's I have a lot more clarity on it, but it's still like unfolding. And I was talking to this person. I'm just like, dude, this it's bothering me. Like it's stressing me out. I'm frustrated because I just want to make progress and I just don't know what to do next. Like, I don't know. And I feel like I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know where I was going with that, but, but <laughs> I guess one talking about it was very helpful. Cause I was like, okay. Oh, I was going to say that when I was saying this, like I, I was very conscious when I was like saying this, like, I don't want to be coming across as complaining because I'm not I'm just I'm frustrated like this is how I'm feeling um and and I knew when I was saying this I'm like I know that this is part of the process like I know this is one of those phases where like it's going to unravel itself I am in this phase of my life for a reason I am being taught lessons I'm being taught patience I'm being taught trust I'm being taught you know, belief in myself, all these things, I'm aware of this, but it still isn't, isn't fun, <laughs> you know, yes. but, but that's really like the difference between the the victim's mindset versus like a winner's mindset is like, yeah. and I'm very, I really don't like being a victim either. Like I don't like it. I don't like complaining. So I 
it used to really like hold things in when I was bothered about something because I was like I don't want to complain yeah but there's a difference between complaining versus just talking about how you're feeling but but being aware that hey I'm not in the greatest spot right now I'm feeling pretty uncomfortable I feel like this kind of sucks right now but I know that it's going to work itself out I know I can get out of this and I will I just need to be patient and, and do the work and I think that is like the best thing you can do for yourself is get yourself out of that victim's mindset and like recognize that maybe life isn't fantastic right now but like what are you grateful for right now what do you what do you have right now what do you have control over you know and focus on like the things like change your focus really you know exactly Um, yeah dude um what was I going to ask you? I wanted to actually just add something. So um, you mentioned like the control thing. Um, I've noticed, I don't know if you noticed this, but I've noticed a lot of people that start competitive bodybuilding have some sort of past trauma. <laughs> oh, really? Like, I've noticed this a lot. I've noticed a lot of people who've had a history of uh, drug use, um, worthiness issues, control issues, disordered eating. I, I don't know. I'm just only one, but I've definitely noticed this. I like, did not, not everyone, know that. I've, I've noticed it. <laughs> I think it's the control. Like people go from like one extreme to not that bodybuilding is not, it's extreme for sure, but it's more of a positive way to con- yeah. channel the energy, you know, but I have definitely noticed that pattern. I did not know that. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. It but just, it makes complete sense to me. Right? Yeah. I've just noticed it. I don't know. I'm just very observant or I just, those are the people I've just observed, but wow. I don't know. It's interesting. It's very interesting. <laughs> um, I think that if I were to give some advice uh, for someone who wants to do bodybuilding, I would say like, just be aware of these things because um bodybuilding is it's a great sport it is a beautiful sport um but it it does it can exacerbate some issues that you're if you haven't addressed it it's coming up it's coming up one way or another (laughs) yeah I think if you're already if you don't have any of these issues you'd probably be fine yeah you know if you don't have but um yeah and I think they can be worked out sure I think that you can um you know, work on your body image issues and everything and be fine in your off season. Um, but yeah, I, every year I'm like, I'm just not going to gain weight in my off season, but how are you going to put on muscle? You have to gain some weight, you know? So whatever. (laughs) You have to enjoy the process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, can we talk about body dysmorphia? Yeah. Okay. How would you describe, or I guess like, how would you describe like yours? What's the word? Experience with body dysmorphia. I know you talked about it before, but people that Uh, don't understand what it is. What's that? Like people that don't understand maybe what it is. Um. Yeah. 
so it's like logically you know that you are not like humongous i mean you know that you're probably still fit compared to maybe you know other people around you or like what they would see you as fit like other people might see you as fit but when I look in the mirror I don't see that at all um I see somebody that is really overweight um I see every little I mean if I have like the slightest you know little bit of skin or something hanging over my pants I just feel like it's I feel like I always, I describe myself to my boyfriend as the Pillsbury Doughboy or the Marshmallow Man. <laughs> I mean, because that's literally how I feel. Mm -hmm. um, I can't stand to show myself in public most of the time. I wear a sweatshirt or I'll keep a jacket on or something. Um, I don't, I'm extremely uncomfortable. Um, I only wore this tank top today for that reason, because I wanted to be vulnerable. Because um, I think it's important for other people. I mean, I know there's some men with it too, but I feel like a lot more women deal with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but... Um, I think so. But a lot of women have this issue and it's not just in bodybuilding I mean I have clients that I'm like you look great what are you talking about and they're you know it's really an issue too with women who or men who have lost a ton of weight um, and they still feel like they're you know maybe 300 pounds but they're in this little body mm. so yeah Body dysmorphia is interesting. So I've definitely dealt with it as well. I honestly can say my relationship with food and myself and my body is like the best it's ever been. I've done a lot of work, a lot of mindset work. Um, and I've changed how I like my lifestyle, I guess. Um, but man, it is, it is tough. Basically it's, you're not seeing yourself the way that you actually look. You're like viewing yourself through your own lens and it's not necessarily a great lens. Um, yeah. I think that part of it is, part of it is like, we're not, it's, it's, it's like hard to see yourself like objectively. Like you're not seeing yourself, you're seeing yourself through your own lens basically. Um, and I just thought of this when you were saying this, but you were saying that a lot of times, like, especially men that lose a lot of weight in a short period of time, they have it as well. Same with bodybuilders. We get to this extreme level of leanness. It's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. And then you have to go back to a normal level of body fat. Even if you did a reverse properly and you maintained a decent amount of body fat, it's still a pretty drastic change Yeah, in a short is. period of time. And that that in itself is like a, a mind fuck. Um. So I think part of it is like, it happens so quickly. And I think that's, that can be why it's, it's difficult to like grasp the change. 
but I was thinking when you were saying this and I, I am curious like your thoughts, but honestly, I think that a part of body dysmorphia is you, let's say like you've lost a lot of body fat and you like, don't, you still see yourself as like this fat person. I think part of it is like, you haven't, you've changed the body, but you haven't changed the mindset. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And and it can be the other way around. Like if you're someone who maybe started a bodybuilding prep at a certain weight and didn't really love your body, you lost the weight, you, you're fucking shredded on stage, you look fantastic. Then you go back to like maybe the same weight, if not more, maybe whatever. You're back at this original weight and you're used to thinking a certain way about your body. Yes. I think it's a lot. I mean, it is psychological, but I think I think body dysmorphia is if we could learn to change our physique with or change our mindset with our physique, I think that would like almost almost like eliminate it. Yes. <laughs> like this is a theory I just thought of, but like because it's like your your body has changed, but that mindset's still there. That old mindset that you had is still there. The one that's saying that you're fat and you're ugly and you suck and you're not good enough. Yeah. And like whatever the thoughts are. I think it's very, um, it's your mindset. Mm-hmm. It's your mind. Yeah. Um, some things that have helped me with my body image is, One is just like accepting that, hey, like I'm not going to be shredded all the time. Like my body doesn't like to, like my body likes to store body fat in my hips and my like lower abdominal, like abdominal. Me too. (laughs) Why? And and like, (laughs) but like, I also like have to like change my, change my mindset. Like if I am prepping for something, like my mindset is very like more masculine. Like I want to look jacked. I want to look like, Mm extreme like that's my mindset but when I'm in off season or like right now my mindset is I want to be fucking strong I want to lift a lot of weight and I want to feel confident and I want to feel feminine and so I have had to like consciously like change how I view myself I'm like man I look I can wear more curvy stuff I can you know I can wear more like just different clothing that suits my body better in this season than when I'm like shredded. Yeah. And I think what I've done too is like, I'll wear like certain like outfits during a prep where I'm like shredded and I look awesome. Um, And they'll try to wear the same outfit when I'm like 30 pounds heavier. And I'm like, I feel fucking like a whale. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause you look like you fucking gained 30 pounds. Obviously it doesn't fit you. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, <laughs> it's, what are your thoughts on that? Do you have anything else to? Uh, I totally agree with you. And yeah. I gain the same way. Um, I ha- I even hate like gaining fat in my arms. Like right now I'm like, oh my God, like I, I like awesome. my arms being cut. You yeah. know what I mean? I feel like, I always feel like they look so fat in my off season. You know, I just, I don't know. I will say <laughs> people's comments can like be really rude. Um, most of the time I don't have any problems with that, but this one particular comment really bothered me. Um, it was like two years ago. Um, I went to a birthday party 
and this girl who I had coached um, came up to me and she was like, wow, when you said it was your off season, you weren't kidding. And I was like, oh my God. Okay. Well, I must be fatter than I thought. You know what I mean? And I thought that was so rude. And it's, so rude. I mean, <laughs> I would never say that to someone, man, uh -uh. that's <laughs> not necessary. I just thought I'd throw that out there. Like, you know, keep your comments to yourself, people. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway. Yeah. moving on moving on <laughs> what i'm learning is um someone that says something rude to you like that or in general that wants to like be all defensive with you it's usually because they don't like something about themselves and it's just yeah a for sure <laughs> um like i posted something the other day about like i jumped in the river and was talking about ice baths and stuff and this person commented and he was like something like uh well, some people can take comfort for granted, while other people blah 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 blah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, all my life I'm talking about a fucking ice bath. Like, <laughs> relax. <laughs> like, what? I'm not saying life's perfect. I'm talking about an ice bath and like getting yourself like physically uncomfortable. It's really good for your fucking nervous system. It's fucking really good for your like, what? <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that also is like a reminder that like. People are always going to have comments about our bodies or about how we live our life. Um, and at the end of the day, like you're going to get those comments, but it, you have to make sure that you're living your life the way you want. And if you're doing that, then it doesn't matter what people say, mm -hmm. but it can be tough if someone says something to you that like does trigger you or like yeah. you're already insecure about it. It's like, oh, that sucks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh man. Um it just teaches resilience though. It does. Yeah. Um, okay, one other thing I wanted to ask you, or not gonna ask, but just talk about is is post show. Um so post show is tough for a lot of competitors, including myself. Um I think it's tough because like you have this very specific goal that you're working towards for 16, 20 plus weeks. It's very specific. You're very, very focused, very all in. And then post-show comes and then it's like, oh, I don't have a goal anymore. I mean, you do, but it's like not the same. There's not yeah. that urgency. Um, I think all of the adrenaline and the dopamine from like the post-show and all the comments and all the photos and all that stuff, it's like, celebrations it's it's gone yep and you're fucking starving still you're still fucking starving and it's worse it's worse because you're actually upping your food your ghrelin is up increasing like your body's like give me more food and then you're like i yes. can't um so you're still starving you're still typically doing like a decent amount of cardio um i'm still learning about like the whole neurotransmitter and stuff but I know there is definitely like an effect to your um like your hormones um like your dopamine levels and stuff like that it definitely is affected um so that can make it even harder post-show because you're kind of depressed like that's yeah. pretty common to see to feel that way and you feel very lost and then you have body dysmorphia if that's the case because you are gaining weight 
if you if you already deal with body dysmorphia. So it's it's tough. Yeah. Um, what has your experience been with post-show? Um, so far I have not done well with any of my post shows. Um I tend they've gotten better each time. Um, but I tend to binge eat. Um the first time it was like not my first show. That one I did fine with. But this, you know, the second and third, well, it was like, uh, you know, a week straight of just, actually the first one, it was like a month straight of just binge eating. Um, and then the next one was like a couple weeks. Um, this last one, it was about a week. Um, I would like do okay for a couple meals and then binge eat. Um, but then, you know, I came home and got back on track cause I was going to do another show. I don't know how well I would have done had I not been planning on another show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've done a lot better, like, you know, trying to be, um, better about eating my eating and stuff this whole time but um the depression and stuff even like my depression now might be part of the post show not having a goal and when when was your last show again it was um north americans when was it yeah i think so um over three months yeah yeah so you know, and I, I uh, didn't place how I would have liked. I placed really well. I don't know why that even bothered me. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why that even bothered me. For what I did, because it was the first time I even competed in bodybuilding, and I have a hard time. I shouldn't say it's a bad thing because I tend to hold on my mu- onto my muscle really well, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah. Um, I lean out, hold on to my muscle, but, uh, then I'm stuck competing with heavyweight bodybuilders who are bigger than I am. Mm. You know what I mean? So (laughs) I was like little kind of compared to the other women, you know? Mm. So I I mean, that kind of screwed me a little bit, I think, but that's okay. You know? Well, yeah, it was your first, it was your first time competing with Female and I placed so. third against these big women. Like, why would I be upset about that? You know, third, but, dude, I didn't know you played third place. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> I'm like, why, why was I upset path? about that? I guess I just, you know, I mean, you, you want to win, you know? I'm like, second place is the first loser. <laughs> you know what I mean? I hate that. I really hate that. <laughs> I always think of, always thought that way, but it's really stupid in bodybuilding. To think that it way. is. But how anyway, girls, um, so yeah, I was what's that how many girls were in your class oh my god I don't even know there was a lot that was like I did not expect to see that many women bodybuilders I mean usually women's bodybuilding is actually kind of a small class yeah it's really small and it was freaking huge there were like I don't know 21 22 women like that's huge. Yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot. Wow. Yeah, there it was huge. And that's 
third place is fantastic and north americans geez yeah the first wow that is really good yeah so i mean i'm pretty proud of it now but you know good you definitely should be and i loved it it was so much fun to me so good yeah but good. anyway the whole post-show thing yeah, yeah, yeah i yeah. um yeah, I did a lot better this time, but uh, I tend to binge eat a lot. Mm. And it's always like the sweets. Yeah. I used to just want like a burger or something and I just craved like savory foods. Now I'm like, give me a brownie, give me a cookie, give me, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so. I think that has to do with, um, I have a theory that has to do with, uh, I know it's a nutrient deficiency, but I think it's like, I think your body knows that it's going to get more calories from a, a sweet food because sugar is calorie dense versus like a burger. Mm -hmm. So I think it craves that. I don't know the science behind that, but I have a theory that it's, uh, cause I know a lot of people that a lot more people that binge or just like are in that situation they tend to crave sweets. A lot more than savory stuff. It would make sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, post show is hard. I'm glad that you're getting better each time, which is that's good. Yeah. Um what I've done or what I would do in the future is uh never uh, will I ever if I ever do a show again, I will never buy <laughs> like any kind of like treats for the post show. Like I'm I just won't. I won't do it. The first year I fucking stockpiled that shit. I had a Me whole Me too. I had a whole shelf I'm not doing full. it again either. Yeah. I'll Second have time, a dessert when I go out. Yeah. To dinner. Yeah. And that's yep. it. Yep. Second time I, I did a lot better. I still had a few things, but not a lot. Um, but I still ate all of it. And this this next time, if I ever do it again, I will not buy anything. Because you, when you're prepping, you're like, you see something on the store, and you're like, oh my God, it's new. Like it's a, it's a deluxe edition of the fucking Oreos. And you're like, I'm never gonna have it. Yes. <laughs> It's always going to be there. It's never going anywhere. Exactly. It's not. It's just like we tell ourselves that. Yeah. Like wait till your next cheat meal or something, you know, and have a couple of them or something. Don't like yeah. binge it all at once. Yeah. Now I don't even like, I try not to eat sweets a lot and now I don't crave it at all. Like I just don't yeah. eat it and it doesn't, I don't crave it, which is awesome. That's good. But yeah, I'd say post-show um don't stockpile food mm-hmm. um maybe up your veggies a little bit just took a little more volume fiber have a salad at least a day a lot of hydration mm-hmm. plenty of sleep um and I would say distract yourself like honestly like make sure you're not don't like when you're in prep you're like very typically very busy you're like wake up you go do cardio go to work you shower go to work train go back home prep your food and that's it like you know you're not yeah. You're, you don't have a lot of free time and then post-show comes you're like oh, I don't have to do as much I would say make sure you have a plan post-show like goals to work on um that's not related to bodybuilding mm-hmm. um maybe more focused on strength maybe more focused on like maybe have another project you're working on um for anyone listening I would say that if I were to ever do a show again I would make sure I do that yeah for sure still have mm-hmm. structure Would you add anything else to that list? Yeah, no, I completely agree with all of that. Um, But still try to um, have some balance there to where you can enjoy time with your 
family and friends too, because you tend to not um, do that when you're in prep. You know what I mean? You just lose that because you're so focused on your prep and you, uh, you don't like to put yourself in those situations Mm -hmm. where you're going to be faced with eating or whatever. I mean, I still go around my family, but you know, you don't want to go out to eat or anything like that. So I just feel like post show have some balance too. So maybe, you know, Mm -hmm. that's what I'm focusing on right now too. So good. That's good. Definitely. Definitely do that. Mm -hmm. Family and friends are really important. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So, um, I want to do like a little rapid fire of like, would you rather? Okay. And then I have a uh, one more question that I always ask everyone. Okay. Okay. All right. Would you rather dress up or dress down? Dress up. What about in the gym? So dress the up. Gym. Dress like, down. Okay. Um, would you rather refeed or cheat meal? Cheat meal. <laughs> <laughs> What's your go-to cheat meal? Usually a cheeseburger and fries, nothing fancy. Regular fries or sweet potato? Sweet potato. Yes. Yes. So good. Um, would you rather train upper body or legs? Upper body. What's your favorite upper body uh, muscle to train? Shoulders. Shoulders? Yo, mine used to be shoulders, but now it's back. I hate back and I need to work on my back. That's why. <laughs> it's always the, the, the part that you hate moving, exercising is the body part you need to work on yeah exactly always always. (laughs) oh man um and then it's not really a rapid question rapid fire would you rather but is there a quote that you love um yeah and I can't (laughs) you put me on the spot (laughs) be fearless in the pursuit of what sets your soul on fire it's my favorite quote I love that so much yeah I love that that's a good quote. I like that. Um, all right. And the question I always ask everyone that comes on is this podcast is called Feel Your Champion. And so I like to ask everyone in their opinion, when you hear the word champion, what does that mean to you? What makes someone a champion? Uh, overcoming um, obstacles um, against all odds, like working towards something and not letting anything get in your way. Um, It doesn't matter what life throws at you, you can continue on and um, you can always achieve something, whether, you know, this happens or that happens, you're going to achieve your goal. It doesn't matter. You're just gonna keep going. You don't stop just because this happened. You just keep going, no matter how long it takes. Was that like super long? No, I love that. That was great. <laughs> that is, oh, I love that. So um, really quick. So I actually have a vision board that I made when I was for my last show. And um, I actually put it back up on my wall because I still love it. And I have, it's, um, it's bodybuilding focused, but it's a lot of like really great quotes. And it actually was a quote that I saw this morning that I hadn't looked at in a while. And I don't remember the exact quote, but basically it was saying like the walls, the walls in your path aren't there to stop you. 
the the walls are are there to stop those who like are too weak like the ones that don't want it enough the wall is is put in front of you to prove that you're you know you're here for it like you can do it it's not here to stop you it's here to stop everyone else and yeah. I thought that was, I'll try to find the quote and I'll send it to you that's amazing yeah I will say so an old coach of mine used to make comments about champions and how they didn't mess up on you know diets or whatever and I don't believe that at all I think that a champion is somebody who might mess up but will just overcome that and still keep going Mm. And will achieve their goals no matter what. I mean, everybody makes mistakes because we're all human. It yeah. doesn't make you a loser. I love that. And I totally agree with you. Yeah. Wendy, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I just love you. I love your content. Um, I think you are so inspirational. And I hope everybody listens to all your podcasts and follows you and yeah <laughs> thank you my cry um no I really appreciate you coming on I'm so grateful that we connected through Danny's class it's just it's so cool how the universe does work and now you're on here um thank you for being so vulnerable and honest and authentic and that's what I want this podcast to be um and thank you for sharing like your, your struggles, because like you said, a champion is someone who overcomes them. It's not someone who's perfect and has an easy life. Right. No. So well, thank you. I had you on. <laughs> um, if anyone wants to like follow your content or like talk to you, um, where can they find you? Um, I'm on Instagram at fit with Wendy. F-I-T-W-I-T-W-E-N-D-Y. Awesome. I'm going to put it in the description. So if anyone wants to follow you, they can. Um, I'm sure you're open to any like messages. Oh, yeah. Find messages. Yeah. Ideally, if anyone sends you something rude, I will whip their ass. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, thank you again, Wendy. Um, everyone that's listening, I hope you guys love this episode. If you found value in it, if it helped you, if it inspired you, if you know anyone who's maybe struggling with any of these things we talked about, please share this with your friend, share on your story, tag us both on Instagram, tag the podcast. Um, and I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts. If it's, I want to you know, message either of us and let us know anything, just let us know. I'd love to hear from you guys. Um, please share, review, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And until next time. Have a great day, guys. Bye. Bye.